everybody. Uh, this is George Soto, and I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Dorfman, and you're tuning into Startups Unedited. Today, we're joined by Tito Bort, who we call the sales mad scientist. Uh, Tito's also the CEO of Alti Sales here in Miami, although I know you travel quite a bit. Tito, how are you? We've been friends for a couple years now. I appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been I've been doing very well, so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't you just quickly uh, just tell folks a little bit about who you are, and we'll we'll dig into uh, really picking your brain, this uh, mastermind brain. Yeah, um, I think we should jump straight into it. If people want to know my background, what I've done, where I've come from, uh, go on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm easy to find. Tito Bort. I just surpassed 50,000 followers yesterday, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, if what I say today is intriguing or exciting, uh, go click follow. And uh, always happy to share thoughts, frameworks, ideas, processes that can make you better. Awesome. Well, Tito, uh, thanks for joining. I've been following your, your content for a while, and I was really excited to have you on the show uh, because in a previous life, I actually built a sales development team. And as I'm sure many people experience, I uh, had a lot of questions and uh, was searching for the answers. And, um, you know, you see these things day in and day out. You've built so many different sales development teams and helped other people build them. Um, so I have a couple questions that I wanted to, to kick off with. One being, when, when should a company start thinking about building a sales development team? Like, when's the right time? I know this is a, there's a debate out there and I've heard many different answers. Um, and as you think about building your team, how do you approach that? You know, how many reps do you start with? How, what, what data do you use to basically uh, guide you in thinking about building the, the structure of your team? Awesome. I think it's a good question. Um, obviously, it will vary company by company by company, right? Have you raised funding? Uh, what's your target accounts? Where are you going after? So on and so forth. So I'm going to give you a couple of those uh, parameters so that people who are listening in here can classify themselves into different buckets and the answer will make sense contextually rather than just say it depends next question so uh one of the things that this depends on is your average deal size if you think or if you have confidence that you have um an average deal size of over thirty thousand dollars sales development reps will make sense long-term because the value in revenue that they provide to your company will outpace the amount of money that they cost to run as an organization. If you're under $30,000, it is unlikely that you will need to have an outbound motion long-term. What you will likely have, if any SDRs, are SDRs that are working MQLs or signups or PLG motion or anything uh, that is just not called outbound. When to build a team, it also depends a little bit of, are you thinking of an SDR team that's going to be doing demand creation or demand capture? Uh, goes back to what I was saying before. Are, are your SDRs going to be reaching out purely to cold outbound leads or are your SDRs going to be reaching out to, let's say, uh, product-led growth leads that have already signed up for the website or they attended a webinar or they went through a podcast or whatever else, uh, if you all their information. Right. So what I advise my clients who tend to be high average deal size, $50,000 plus average deal size, is if you're building cold outbound SDR teams, from the moment you hire your first reps, and I recommend hiring two and or hiring an outsourced agency, we've been doing this for years, 
um, just because the amount of tools, processes that you need to implement in the early days, it takes a lot of time to just get those going. So like you can either spend three, four, five, six months trying to build systems that will then result in some success, or you can hire an agency. But regardless of that, from the moment you start being productive and your SDRs start getting two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight meetings a month, you need to give it about nine months for your first closed one outbound deal. And that means that the motion will take a lot longer than people think. Uh, I've had clients that, or friends, clients, people that talk to me and they're like, yeah, Tito, like we're we're here February, 2023. I, I need a Q2 sales. So I need a lot of deals before, um, you know, July 1st. Uh, I'm starting an outbound SDR team. Like how, how do I maximize my revenue? And I tell them, you just have no chance. Like you have zero chance. If you're doing demand creation, you're not going to close anything in four months. What you're doing in outbound is planting the seed so that when the prospects that you're talking to need what you are talking to them about, they will come back and talk to you. They will become inbound leads. They will become PLG leads. They will become webinar attendees. It's really early education. So when to start it? I don't know. Uh, if you have three, four, five, six customers that are already happy and you're trying to not get revenue like immediately, but really start building a long-term strategy, uh, you should start an outbound team. Um, if you already have a lot of inbound leads or webinar attendees or free signups, um, initially have your AE call some of those, but as soon as they get overwhelmed, that's the moment to start it. So again, it depends, but hopefully those frameworks, ideas, and, and things that I shared will help people find their own little bucket and decide when's the right time. You know, Tito, I just got to say for the audience out there, I think this is critically important because if you're one of these startups that are creating a new category, right? You know, this is very different than uh, a company that is starting in an existing category where there's already a need and demand and people understand they have to buy this xyz widget this is different right so um just keep that in mind to the audience out there that it's not going to be turnkey and i think uh to tito's point like this type of motion or team is very educational you're essentially creating that category so it's a pseudo extension of your marketing efforts even though i say right like when i learned marketing i remember thinking a college class oh god 20 years ago now i can't believe it um in 20 fucking years. Unbelievable. Anyways, uh, sales was in, I remember in that marketing class was considered a, uh, a, a, an extension of the marketing mix. Now, of course that, that can be controversial, but I think it, it depends also on where you're at in the ecosystem and the category, et cetera, and the maturity of, of that category. But anyways, I, I wanted, speaking of PLG, I know we talked about PLG. You wrote this post and I'll go ahead and post this when we post this episode for the audience out there because I thought it was brilliant. And I think it's certainly so, uh, within the uh, framework of stuff that I've been thinking a lot about around PLG. What is this strategy that you're talking uh, about, you know, outbound PLG? And you, can you tell us a little bit about how it works and some of the results that you're seeing from it? Yeah, I'll just say that, you know, you were just mentioning this. Are you a category creation solution or are you, um, you know, another tool for something that's already existing, right? So like if I create a sales engagement platform, 
well, that's a category that exists, you know, like Average is there and Salesoft is there and all these other companies. So there are people that if you go on Google and you look at this, you will find that people are looking for sales engagement platforms and they're looking for outreach competitors. So these things exist. So the way you do outbound there is different. You might call people and be like, hey, George, calling from X, you know, um, do you have a few minutes to chat? You say, yes. I say, cool. Hey, man, we're doing some presentations about, you know, the most powerful sales engagement platform out there. Just curious, are you an outreach sales software or something else? And you give me some information. And I say, hey, how open-minded would you be to look at new solutions, right? And you're like, hey, not at all, dude. Like, we love outreach. I think we're fine. We have a contract for three years, but, you know, maybe call me in the future, right? And and as a rep who's working at a company that is a um, another tool in an existing category, and you might... Ideally, you're a better mousetrap, right? Otherwise, you don't have a business, right? But you have a better mousetrap for at least a subsegment of the of the market. What do you want to do is just notate when is a better time to to call, you know, what are they using? And then try to put them on cadences that highlight my advantages, right? Like, so like if I'm outreach and I'm trying to beat Salesoft, I'll be like, hey, our connection with salesforce.com is better. Hey, our analytics are better. Hey, our email deliverability is better, right? So like I put your own sequences that just highlight like, hey, George, not sure this is relevant, but Salesoft users are switching to outreach because of X. Two months later, hey, you know, a lot of Salesoft users have left because of Y, right? So I keep, you know, pounding the message on you, right? In a very slow, friendly motion over time. Now, let's talk about the other case. What if I create a category for something that doesn't exist. Like for example, I am the uh, one of the products that I built is a company called Altisales.io, and it's an analytics platform that sits on top of a sales engagement tool. And I was uh, talking to our good friend Gaetano Dinardi, and I was like, "Hey, dude, help me understand. Do I need to optimize SEO? Like, what do I do on the inbound marketing?" And he pulls up some, you know, uh, tools, and he shows me. He's like. <laughs> what are you optimizing SEO for? I'm like, how about sales engagement analytics? And he looks at it, he's like, there's zero searches for that. I'm like, mm, how about like uh, outreach analytics? And he's like, zero. So like what ends, ends up happening is if I'm a category creator, I build a tool that's very specific for the SDR managers. Nobody's looking for this. Everybody's operating in status quo, right? It's like, Imagine before the iPhone was built, nobody was was looking for touchscreen cell phones. Everybody was happy with their Nokia and their BlackBerry. Touchscreen cell phones, who, who needs that? Nobody, right? It's not until you start informing the market that a touchscreen cell phone that is like has X, Y, and Z is amazing. So what you need to start doing is what I call outbound PLG. And outbound PLG is the idea that I know exactly who is the most like benef the biggest benefactor of my product, which is companies that are using outreach that have between five and 50 SDRs. That's what I want to talk to right now. Eventually it'll be 50 plus. The more SDRs you have, the more you need us. Maybe we're just not ready for the big, big enterprise yet. Um, we're beta, we're launching, whatever, right? But what I need to do is go outbound to those companies, talk to SDR managers and SDR directors and be like, have a, just a quick conversation. Hey, dude, how do you train your SDRs on call calling? How do you train your SDRs on email? How do you do this? How do you do that? And they're going to talk to me about their, you know, suboptimal processes. It's just how you would go talk to somebody who had a BlackBerry about how do you check the stock market on your phone? They'd be like, yeah, I open a Google browser and I type, uh, you know, Yahoo Finance. And then I see a tiny stupid chart that I can't even read, right? Like, 
they're like, I usually don't do it. I just check from my computer, right? And it's not until you show them the iPhone and how they can check it on their phone that they're like, wow, this would be cool. Can I actually trade stocks on my phone? Damn, that's awesome, right? And like you create, you create, um, uh, you know, a better process and, uh, and and a better workflow for people by showing them something they hadn't seen before, right? People will want faster horses and you have a car. You don't go and, you know, you can't position yourself. You can't do SEO for cars. Nobody's looking for those. So as you talk to these prospects, you go outbound. What you should do is not just try to like show them a product and try to charge them as quickly as possible, especially not in a down down economy. Like nobody's got budget. So what have we, have we been doing? We've been doing what we call outbound PLG. We talk to these managers. We say, hey, look at this tool. What do you think? They're like, I like it. I think that could be useful. And instead of us trying to like dig for pain and do a lot of discovery and all that, I just say, how about I get you on a free trial for two months? They're like, sure, I'll do it. What do I need to sign? Nothing. If you don't like it, stop using it. Don't care. Right. And I just monitor their usage. And if they're not using it, I log into their dashboard and then I email them. Hey, George, saw that one of your SDRs has a connect rate of 0.3% while your team average is 3%. That must mean that they're fake dialing. I recommend you follow this workflow. Here's a video for you. And I show them the workflow, how to do it. And the response I get to that email is like, holy shit, dude, that was insane. I like you found somebody on my team who was fake dialing. Like your tool is so valuable. I need to log in more often. Guess what happens by day 60? I'm like, hey, dude, your trial's over. Um, thanks for testing it out. And they're like, no, 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 no. You cannot take this away from me, right? So I think that's where the world is going. We're going to a world of PLG where the, the job of a seller, and I've always believed this, is not to like be pushy and annoying and like, you know, like force you and follow up more often is to provide more value. So why don't we get people into a PLG motion where they are using the product day to day to day. And what we have is a bunch of like smart, educated people, right? Who understand the problem and the product very well. We look at the client's usage. We look at the client's data and we're just like advisors and consultants. And you email the client and say, hey, our product using your data is showing X. Here's what you should do, right? And again, this works really well because we're in analytics, but there's there's a lot of companies that what they're trying to do, whatever you're, you imagine you are even something like Zoom Info and I'm connected to your CRM and I see that you created an opportunity for Coca-Cola. Like shouldn't a Zoom Info rep when they see that there's a new CMO at Coca-Cola send you a quick message and be like, hey dude, I know you sell to marketers. Coca-Cola just got a new CMO. I see that's an opportunity in your Salesforce check this out. Here's our phone number and email. Best of luck. Like if I get that type of email from Zoom Info, you think that Lead IQ is going to be able to come in and see, be like, hey, stop using Zoom Info. Use Lead IQ. I'd be like, go to freaking hell, dude. I don't care that you have better data. They let me know when an opportunity is at risk. So software as a service is what SaaS means. And the most important S in software as a service is definitely not software. It's 100% service. So why don't we start using a PLG motion that's all about the service and we use our outbound motion to draw people into getting free trials. And then uh, some, some of my friends used to say this, but the way you sell software is like the same way you sell cocaine. You give people free trials, you get them hooked on it and they'll come back asking for more and they'll want to pay the second time or the third time or the fourth time and they won't leave you ever again. So uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what I've been thinking. Yeah, it's super interesting. I think 
a lot of the times we hear that PLG is in conflict with sales, right? And that, you know, you may not need sales reps anymore um, because of PLG and, and the ability for users just to try your, your product. But it, it sounds like there's uh, a way to work together with PLG and, and sales and really uh, get these products in front of users and, and change the conversation, right? It's not a pushy sales rep anymore. Um, it's, it's really proof in the pudding, right? And, and uh, allowing you to get a taste of the, the success and the value of the product and using that to lead into the sales. Um, yeah. you, you, you touched on something uh, interesting in that last um, uh, piece, which is the current economic environment. Um, you know, we see it every day, right? We go on LinkedIn and we're seeing layoffs and, and cuts. And you mentioned uh, budgets as well, right? Tool budgets are, are obviously being impacted by this, which has an impact on SDRs. Okay. I'd love to get your perspective on the current state of sales development. How is uh, the economic environment impacting sales development? And what are things that sales development teams should do to adapt? Uh, outbound PLG is obviously one of them, um, but, but what are some other things that you think uh, sales development teams need to do to be successful in, in the current environment? Yeah, I'll tie this to what I was saying before. So are your SDRs demand creation or demand capture? And if they're demand capture, what will happen is there's a lot less demand to capture because a lot of people that, should be joining your webinars and trade shows and case studies and whatever else and, and signing up for free trials and whatever else, they're no longer doing that. So if you had 10 SDRs that were looking at MQLs and your MQLs are down by 70%, I think your best bet as companies let go of seven out of the 10 SDRs. Screw it, dude. Like Because they don't have the... The value they were providing was sorting through leads and scheduling meetings. Now, if you build an outbound engine, I think that your sales expectations have to be a little bit different, but I'd still be doing the same motion. The way when we do outbound, we don't call a company and be like, hey, company, we offer better outreach analytics. Would you like to get a demo? That's a very bad way to like do cold outbound because you got to understand that like how, how often do companies, let's continue the outreach versus sales soft example, right? How often do companies change their sales engagement platform? Like, they don't do it every year, maybe every three, every four, every five. Like the more mature the market is, the more years they take to change. So let's call it every four years. Okay, four years is 48 months. How how soon since a company says like, okay, like I'm using Cellsoft, I'm deciding to switch. I don't know what I'm going to switch to, but I'm freaking tired of this shit. It's not good enough. We need something better. From the moment the company as a group agrees that they're going to switch, they assign somebody. It might be the SDR manager, the SDR director, the sales person, the enable person. Somebody's going to go take a bunch of demos and then they might be bring the team in, right? You go take three, four, five demos, bring the team in, decide what's the one that they like the most. How long, Justin, do you think it takes from the moment they say, let's go take some demos until they say, this is my favorite? Is it a week, three weeks, five weeks, 10 weeks, 20 weeks, 30 weeks, a year, three years? What, what's your guess? pretty quickly i don't know yeah three weeks maybe five weeks maybe like a month right so like yeah. now let's analyze the data each company is only changing their sales engagement tool every four years every 48 months and it takes about one month to go from let's start taking demos to i've picked my favorite that means that if you're doing outbound only one out of every 48 companies you're calling you will catch at the right time that means 98 percent of the market is going to tell you i'm not interested 
it's not the right time, especially if you're saying, hey, I'm calling from outreach. We're a sales engagement platform. Would you like a demo? You only get 2% of companies to say, yes, that, that sounds like a good idea. And only if you got lucky and they haven't requested a demo yet, because holy shit, aren't those guys already requesting a demo? Especially if you're outreach, you're the best known tool in the space, right? So how do you do it then? How do you do outbound if nobody's interested, nobody's looking? Well, what you go and do is you go and say, hey, Justin, I saw you have five SDRs and we're sharing some of the best practices on how SDR managers are leading their SDR teams to get more meetings through better call calling, better emailing, and better metrics. Would you be open-minded about learning how world-class SDR leaders do this? I'm not leading with a tool. I'm leading with knowledge and information. And when you say yes, when I do a demo, I don't do a demo of my product. I say, Justin, how many calls do you guys make? How do you measure the success of calling, blah, blah, blah. And I teach you a new framework. Right, that's that's what we do. When I teach a new framework, you say that framework's really cool. How do I implement? I say, well, to implement that framework, you might need a tool. The tool we recommend is our own tool, of course. It's altisales.io. Nobody does what we do. Here's how it works. Would you like a free trial for two months? Right. So, how's the economic environment going to imp impact this? Well, companies need to become more patient for one. Number two, you got to understand that more prospects are going to be even more reluctant to evaluate tools right now, because on average, they do it every four years. When we're in an economic boom, they might do it every three years. They're growing faster every two and a half years. But in an economic slowdown, they don't do it every four years. They do it every six. So now the percentage of your market that will gladly take a demo of your product went from 3% to 0.5%. You're screwed. The only thing you can do is go and educate the market. And your company is to be very patient because you're gonna educate the market and Justin, as a prospect to Tito, would tell me, yeah, dude, like, I can do a free trial, but I'm just not going to buy after that. And I'll be like, no big deal, dude. Here's what you get. You get 60 days of free value. And you have this in the back of your mind for whenever you need it. Call us and we'll help you. And that's the mindset. So I think that's what's changing with the economic environment. It's the mindset of how companies go to market. And if you're not changing your mindset and you're trying to operate in the same way that when we're in an economic boom, you're just going to see your results of number of meetings plummet, your meeting to opportunity conversion plummet, and your opportunity to close one plummet. And your only other choice is I either fire, you know, let go of 80 or 90% of my SDRs and AEs, or I listen to Tito and I start thinking long-term and I start educating the market and I don't worry too much about, you know, the immediate quick conversions. So that's my take on that. Awesome. I think another big uh, uh, theme right now that a lot of people are talking about is AI. And um, I'm curious to get your take on innovations that are happening in the sales development space from a technical standpoint. You talked a lot about the economy and different approaches and different processes, um, different frameworks for getting conversations started and, and moving them through the, the, the funnel. Um, how about innovations on the technology side and, and specifically AI? How do you see that playing into sales development in the future, if at all? Yeah, I think AI has this uh, little silver linings where we get all excited about it and then it all fades away. And the reason for it is right now, the biggest thing right now is chat GPT and all the incredible answers it gives you. But if you actually ask it like very smart questions and you ask it to like write an essay for you on history and whatever else, like it will give you quotes of books written by people that don't exist. 
right? Because it just like puts words together. And like when you read it, it crafts it in a very um, sensical way because it's just analyzed trillions and trillions of data points of writing and it knows what writing, good writing looks like. But when you actually look at the content of the writing, it doesn't actually make sense. It can only answer like basic questions where the answers are obvious, right? Like what's the color of the sky? That that obviously, but it's just like Google. So it's like saying, how is Google now changing the world for SDRs? And I just, I don't think that AI does anything incredibly useful today for our world. Like, can it help us in some little areas here and there? Yeah, but replacing SDRs, no chance. Um, look at even Salesoft and Outreach. Like, they created AI to label sentiment in all these emails, and it was going to be amazing. And it's only 90% accurate. And the reason it's inaccurate is sometimes you send an email, you get an out-of-the-office reply, and the out-of-the-office reply says, Thanks for emailing me. Have a wonderful day. I'm currently skiing in Colorado and I appreciate your outreach. Please blah, 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 right? And, and the AI doesn't understand that that's necessarily an out-of-the-office reply, though you would get it as a human, and then it labels that as a positive response. Other areas where it fails is like, I email you, Justin, I say, like my click to action is like, Justin, would it be a terrible idea to meet? And you reply and you say, yes. AI reads the responses. Yes, that's a positive word. That's a positive response. It's a positive response to a negatively phrased question. So like AI is very far from doing things that are like incredibly useful. So I think it's going to get there, but I think you have another five years. You don't have a lot to worry about right now. Um, and, you know, like let's worry about it when it's much closer to us. So that's, that's how I'm thinking about that. Yeah. It sounds like from everything you've said today, um, the sales development role is uh, becoming more human, not less human, right? It's really understanding the buyers, understanding their situation, and um, you know, putting value first, um, and then your product and and your your intentions from a sales perspective last, right? And uh, AI obviously can't uh, understand that context and and navigate that as as well as a human can. Um, so, personally, I think there are ways that it can be used to. Uh, you know, consume information very quickly, get up to speed with things to support the, the human positioning of the sales pitch and the sales process. But like you said, uh, it doesn't seem like it's replacing any SDRs anytime soon. Agreed. Pedro, thank you so much for joining us. It just, uh, I guess the best way, I think from what I heard and, and just I'm going to guess uh, for folks to get in contact with you is LinkedIn. So for everyone Definitely check out uh, and connect with uh, Tito on his LinkedIn profile. Also check out altisales.io. Uh, and uh, I, I was actually taking a look a little earlier. It sounds like it's really awesome. I love the statement like sentiment that actually works because I think that's an issue just across the board with a lot of these sentiment tools, even on the marketing side, right? Like um, it's been tough to do that. Tito, have a great time skiing. Very much appreciated. Hopefully when you get home, we'll, we'll get together with Gaetano and, and, uh, and go and have some fun. Let's make it happen, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, have a great day. Thanks.